के आज Okay, can you still hear me now? Yes, I can. Good evening. Yeah, I just want to know that our viewers can hear me. Wow. Okay. I think they can hear me now. Okay. Right. Okay. All right. Thank you. I've seen comments. But you seen comments. Uh, if they post if they write anything i think i'll see can you see oh yes okay yeah yeah you can see it yeah yes can you yes i can oh. okay yes you can all right okay sorry about that um so uh this series started about three weeks ago and i think you've been following yes can you hear me all right okay i'm trying to and, share i'm trying to share this so Okay, you are trying to share it. All right, let me share this one as well if I can. No, I can't. I can't share. I'm only. I can only invite. Okay. You can go on. I'm listening. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh for the past two weeks, I've shared few things really about why we struggle. Things that you need. You know affect us why we struggle with forgiveness and um and this week we agreed that we're going to be talking a lot you know considering it for you know looking at it from the youth angle yes. uh young people out there they go through a lot of stuff and uh, the journey the command to forgive is not just for adults alone it covers everyone and um I'll just leave, hand it over to you now. Why do you think we struggle with forgiveness? I <laughs> many things. There are many reasons I feel that people struggle with forgiveness. So um, recently I found out that somebody said that um, she's trying to protect her art, right, from art again. So she says that to avoid the repetition of what happened previously, she she has decided to stay back to protect her ass and i feel that that's very valid because time and time again when you get when someone gets hurt to to in a bit to avoid it somehow so we need to say we're trying to free the person i just want to free the person i just want to free the situation i don't want it to get at me so i'll just not talk to the person or avoid that situation and i think that if that is left unattended unattended to it may bring up uh, malice and you know offense at the end of the day then i also feel that um background or previous experiences um people's backgrounds and the things they've gone through in the past primarily i think is related to the first one brings if then if it's not properly handled would bring about offenses then I also, then the other, there are a lot of reasons. Then I think that one important thing is if issues that come up um, are left unattended to, so somebody does something that hurts you, instead of addressing it, you just bottle up in your mind. That also breeds offense. You may say that, oh, I'm an introvert, 
or I don't talk much. Mm, you can be doing it. I don't mind. Nothing spoiled, something like that. But at the end of the day, there's still something that is doing to you because at, the, at some point, when, like we say, when the cooler is full very well, the, the way the cooler will be open, it will not scatter everything. <laughs> so I think that's some of the reasons uh, why um, offenses grow to be what it is at the end of the day. Yeah, okay. Let me take you back to the one you mentioned about malice. You know, I've heard phrases, you hear phrases like, I just don't feel like talking. I just, I'm not in the mood to talk. Oh, um, yes. yes. Where sometimes we use malice as a weapon to inflict punishment on the other person. You know, um, you have offended me. Maybe I'm not in a position to do something back to hurt you and just with so do you think sometimes people use malice as a weapon ah, and see, see malice is a weapon it's not <laughs> it's good it weapon is. It's, it, i see i see because i'm married I, I see things from a different perspective it's easier to you know not talk to a friend because your friend yeah. has hurt you or because your friend, you know, you just want to keep your heart safe. But in a marriage relationship, and see, if it's not good to keep offenses, it's not good to keep malice, but malice is a weapon. Especially if you have been telling this to your husband or your wife that, I didn't like this thing that you are doing, I didn't like it, change your ways. And they didn't answer, and see, malice mood. After you have prayed, talk to God, and sometimes at the end of the day, you just want to just keep quiet and not say anything you just don't want to like because you have taken it to god in prayer you have talked to mentor you have done everything you can say having done or to stand so but at the end of the day what malice does is that it divides so there are things that you would have discussed you would have conversed about agreed on if you were not keeping malice but because you were keeping malice you know say I beg, I will not say, and life goes on. I think it's a weapon, yes, but at the end of the day, is it a weapon of destruction or a weapon of mass destruction or a weapon? To, so it depends on how we see it and how we're able to drive home our points. At the end of the day, malice, like from my experience, it didn't to pay somebody. It's not a good thing, but sometimes people use malice to drive home their points. I'm speaking as a youth, Aunt Tokubo. Please remember. I don't even want to come why, and speak. That's why our discussion tonight is really to focus on youth because um, you have youth out there that are very angry. They have so much anger in their heart towards their parents. And because they are angry, when they go outside their own setting, the way they respond to life situations, it differs from someone that does. So that's why I said today, I want us to look at how to handle offenses from the angle, you know, of a youth. Youth, the challenges that youth faces now is different from the challenges we faced when we were growing up. When we were growing up, there's no social media. Our social media was, you know, that uh, television black and white. 
at four o'clock it will come on and you hear bang 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 you know <laughs> we we collected more yeah but nowadays things have changed and so the social media is now making it easier for youth not to really engage their parents at all the social media the, the, the things that the younger generation they are exposed to now is making it easier to move away from the home setting like to get you you know you have issues there are different ways you can chat with your friends to get their perspective but at the same time they you know they still need to deal with the issues that they have the things you know within them that they are but they are, they are, they are, they are bottled so how can we help the youth to deal with the issues i know that you you deal with the youth you speak the language of the youth you are in their world you connect with them and they also have issues within them so what are the things that one can put in place to help okay first and foremost please relocate them to canada or they are abroad <laughs> so <laughs> One of the things I've noticed about youth is that one, they're angry that they are born in Nigeria. They're angry that, so because I hear some stories that people say, my parents got married abroad. My mom was pregnant. It was not time for her to give birth. She now came to Nigeria and born inside Nigeria. And for that, some people are offended. You know, it, it's something as simple as that. Some people, because of that, will blame their parents. So anything else that happens to them in Nigeria that is not favorable, it's their parents that cause it. It's not another person, it's their parents because they gave birth to them in Nigeria. So um, the first thing is, what perspective are we looking at this um, offense? Is it offense that is actually caused by the, the, the offender? Or is something that the person just wants to... Um, build on and say i need to just blame somebody for this thing that i'm going through so those are two perspectives to look at now um for parents who have actually offended it's not the type that is born in nigeria and not born in nigeria i mean serious offense and the children legit have spoken because i realized over time that that sometimes youths would speak to their parents and their parents was like, hey, what have you seen? What have I done to you that you are angry? When me, I was growing up, do you know that is this one, this one, they did, my parents did to me? And I turned out well. I don't know if you can hear me. Your video is paused. I can hear you. Yeah, I'm following. Okay. I can hear you. Okay, ma'am. Okay, ma'am. Um, it's this and this that my parents have done to me. The teacher that, they'll start telling you history that wouldn't concern you. But another thing to understand is that Youths are different. Children are different. Their personalities are different. You would have gone through it and come out strong. But me, I am not something... God didn't wire me like that. I may not be able to cope with something like that. So understanding the child's one personality is, would help. Having a conversation with that child or that youth would help. Now, sometimes... It may be that it's after secondary school or after university that this child is beginning to speak up. Whenever that child is ready to speak up, whenever that youth is ready to speak up. Now, some will even speak to their parents directly. Some will go to their pastors. Some will go to their mentors. Some will go to friends to speak 
about it, you know, and irrespective, one of the needs of a youth is the need to be heard. We just want somebody yeah. to hear what we're saying. It's not that I'm talking inside the Ofulufu. I need somebody to hear the yeah, thing. Yeah, the Sorosoke generation. I like that. In fact, you know. Yes, <laughs> so that's one of the things the that Sorosoke, I think that. Yeah. Yes, the Sorosoke generation, and I think that because the youths of these days are much more outspoken than yeah. the previous generations, it has become like a you are rude, you are not well brought up. We trained you, you did not train yourself. We did this, you do not, you know, and when those words come up gradually and um, consistently, it begins to make that child or that youth say, in fact, I'm not talking, nobody could understand the thing that I'm saying. I mean, and you know, they begin to withdraw. And that's one of the reasons why offense will build up because they're unable to speak. Because they're unable to speak. So really, and Yes, two things that you've mentioned sorry to cut in two things i just want to you know uh point uh bring out the point you've mentioned when it comes to because you find out that there are a lot of young people there they are they are angry they are angry at their parent they are angry at their life at life they have so much hurt within them and sometimes in the process of letting it out they get involved with destructive things so to say so the purpose of this discussion is just to highlight, you know, things that youth themselves can do to help their life and things that adults, significant adults in their life can help them to navigate through that path for them to get healing. The first thing is that if you're an adult and you, have, you, 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 you deal with youth or you have, you know, young people around you and you can see that they are struggling with offense, give them a listening hair. One of the things I've learned is that once you, you feel understood, mm -hmm. you know, you need to be here. Once you are able to empty, you know, share the things within you and you feel understood, I have realized that is a great weapon. It helps to release, you know, things from the heart. So try and understand. Gone are the days that, you know, we think adults are always right. Adults are not always right. And sometimes, as parents, we get Ma, it wrong. Repeat that line, Ma. Ma, please repeat the line. It's Adults are not always is the truth. Ha! <laughs> See, I have one. I have one. I have a preteen with me at home. He will prove his point, and he will say it. And I encourage him because if your children cannot learn to say no to you at all, when they get outside, they will not have the confidence to be able to stand up for themselves. So I think uh, parents, we need to develop that capacity to be able to handle. You know, when our children, they don't agree with us without taking it personal. Even though sometimes their approach might be rude, but you can still deal with the rudeness without necessarily shutting them, you know, asking them to shut up when they are making a valid point. But I think the first thing we have said is that for, for, for young people out there struggling with offense and you are in a position to influence or to help them, give them a listening ear. Don't tell them, just shut up. That, that doesn't matter. If it matters to them, then it matters. So give them a listening here. And then whatever it is that they are saying, acknowledge it. Okay, you can continue. Okay, Ma. So um, your question says that what, what are the things I would tell the youth 
very often I say to people, especially people my age or people that are younger than me that see, uh, which is one of the things that I wrote in my, um, the things that I wanted to say. I said that you two feel like, or feel that an uncle or an auntie owes them something because they are successful. So, um, you have this uncle that's living there abroad, that have Pepe, mommy have entire arms, and you are living in Ogolonto in Lagos, Nigeria. And you're feeling like this my uncle should be able to take up my responsibility because he's successful. See, it's so bad because I see people in their 30s still thinking this way. Or they say my 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 dad did not help me get a job. See, youths listening to this conversation, nobody owes you anything. See, do like this. Say to yourself, close your eyes and hold your chest. Hold it tight. Say to yourself that nobody owes me anything. And that's the truth. If we begin to move out of that space of entitlement, that because even your parents don't owe you. So when they say, um, some parents, so in cases where parents have given birth to people and they abandon them, so those ones, did they offend God? They didn't offend God. You have your parents who, has, who have paid your school fees, done a few things for you, and then you're still feeling like they should have done something like what Oxedola did to his children. It's not good. Stop it. I didn't like it. So yes, nobody <laughs> owes you anything at Tokobo. See, I'm serious. See, if I'm serious like that, the accent just to come out like that. Nobody owes you anything. I, In fact, every morning that I wake up, I say, babe, stand up, stand up. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody. And that leaves me in a space of, see, babe, this world is you and God. Everything you can achieve with the help of God, achieve it. If it didn't enter for you, leave it it gives me a sense of peace some kind of peace and when i see okay see i have some relatives that have money when i see them i'm just happy for them because i look at them and i say if these people can make it uh -uh, my life would be much more because the bible says that the glory of the latter shall surpass that of the former so it takes me into a state of aspiring right rather than a space of feeling offended because of what they did not do there are some people in see and this case is in different degrees your family member comes from the abroad they come they now bought you wristwatch you will not be angry again that after all the things that they are in their board, it's which thoughts they can bring for me. You can see that this thing, the degree of... It's still the same entitlement mentality, isn't it? Exactly. So, that, that degrees to owe you. Yeah. you. And I think it's yes. very much rampant in the youth. You, you find a mentor that is ready to help you out in your life's journey. And your mentor is busy. You know your mentor is busy. And you are upset because your mentor did not reply your message. Is this this things are? If I if so really, I think yes, ma. Yeah, I think three things you have mentioned now. I think uh, hopefully um, 
some youth out there listening will be able to pick one or two lessons you know managing offense offense is true to life which is what the series is all about and to bring you know help us to see that we can live above you know the that trap of becoming offended giving it room to grow that now becomes poisonous to us and um, hey, and it's not just for so, adults sorry, alone yeah mm -hmm. the poisonous part of that family doing well and all that it now becomes so bad that once you see your cousins right you don't want to interact they didn't do anything to you they just came back from the abroad to to do all they do in peace to meet their family members but you are upset with the children yes because Not you have carried the pain from did. the parents yes yes exactly. the parent depends from the parents and you are now you know take it you see that's the thing about offense in the in the um in the first chapter of this uh, my book um don't take that poison i, I mentioned uh, i don't i don't I, um offense is like a silent traveler a silent traveler that travels through yes. people's heart it does not there's no barrier doesn't need plane ticket doesn't need to buy ticket doesn't need visa you can be in your room and the offense can travel from your heart to another person straight in australia just through words or through one form of communication so sometimes you see that you're offended with one person and because of that anybody that is linked to that person you transfer the same offense to them even though other people they have not exactly. offended you it's the same thing so one uncle I expect one uncle to have come to my aid, you know, and the uncle has not responded. And you just develop anger and resentment in your heart towards your uncle's children, even though they have not done anything, anything. you know, to warrant that. Yes. So it's called silent traveler. Across every kind of relationship. So because yes. um, your pastor um, isn't giving you the attention that you want, you then go on with the fact to say that all pastors didn't so care for their church member and then you are you are just upset uh, um against all pastors you are just upset at them if they ask you what did they do oh, that's how they used to do then when you now begin to trace it you now find out that it's one pastor that did something and you are now generalizing i think that it's just stereotypical to get into that mode to say that because one person did something, a lot more people with that same characteristic are doing the same thing subconsciously. So it takes a conscious step, number one, to get it into our minds as youth to say that it's just one human being. It's not everybody in the world that did this thing to me, right? And that gives us a sense of um, room to take in other people because out of 20 eggs 20 the 20 eggs can be bad they'll be mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah that's basically okay so i think you've mentioned about four things now actually you know i did not even know that i've mentioned anything i'll see i've mentioned <laughs> yes yes talking about we are talking about youth i know you're very you are a youth person you speak the language of the youth and sometimes when we talk about unforgiveness we don't feel sometimes we don't feel that younger people also go through the struggle not just with their family setting even with their among you know with other friends as well they struggle you know and if you don't learn it as a young person as you get older 
Because everything about our life, everything is within the context of relationship. And if we don't learn how to manage our offense, if young people don't learn how to manage when they are offended, then at every stage in their life, any issue, any issue they face, they will always have difficulty. So people don't owe you, no entitlement mentality. Find someone to talk to. You know, you said about maybe if, if we, they approach their parent or they speak to one uncle and we're appealing to uncles and aunties there, give them a listening ear. But at the same time, nobody owes you. Entitlement, in fact, that one is a big one. You know, sometimes people are offended because of unmet expectation. Unmet expectation from people that are not even aware they are, you know. And um, I think the last one, you also, the one you just mentioned, at, the one you just you just finished mentioning now, the last one that you discussed. Auntie, I didn't remember. When you're transferring <laughs> <laughs> when you're transferring offenses. Okay, yes, yes, transferring offenses. Where I mentioned that uh, offense is a silent traveler, you know, mm. taking out what you have, you know, you have something in your heart against A, you now transfer it to A's child when the child has not done anything. To warrant that so my question now is you see which is really the focus of our discussion today what strategies can youth tonight is about youth what strategies can youth put in place constructive ones that will help them to always transcend this poison call offense one 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 i'm can waiting for personal stories uh-huh yes I'll say pray about it. Number two, tell some, let it out. So letting it out may mean that you may need to journal it for people who are introverts that may not really want to talk to people about it. Or sit, find somebody to talk to about it, right? Or meet the person who has offended you and have a conversation. So there are two types two things that can happen in a conversation if you meet your friend um to tell the person that what you did i didn't like it one you either apologize to each other or number two you will scatter everywhere and break the table and break the fear and you will go away it's one of those two things that will happen so I think that in having a conversation with somebody who has offended, as you think of the worst case scenario, what can happen? You fight. How can we avoid this fight if we bring somebody, if there's a third party involved, right? Because you know your friend, you know the people that have offended you. And so, because we've been taught or we've been told basically that I mean, youth generally, not we, we that are more enlightened. I mean, the larger percentage of youths that see anything you are going through, there's nothing new under the sun. You, you will go past it. And so because of statements like that, they don't want to talk about it because they say it's a mm. case and I will go past it. I mean, people say that there's nothing new under the sun. So one of the things we can also do is to encourage people to speak out. There are anonymous pages that people have opened that would say, um, this is my story. And they say their story. 
and leave it anonymous and people publish and then they find healing through that so if there are channels through which people can say their stories of offenses and how it is that they they let go of it it would help so um i don't know if i can go on to a personal story yes 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 please go okay so my someone very dear to my heart um lost a sister right under very um very awful circumstances so our, our sister was killed by her husband well that was what it looked like because we don't even still know the true story right so our sister called her to say that um how are you i was just checking up on her and the next thing her husband calls to say that your sister is dead and she was saying that let her travel to come at least to see the dead body before they bury her and the next thing they call to say that the the husband calls her to say that he has cremated her next thing next thing next thing you know she began to raise petitions and say that it's actually my son's godmother she's so dead to my heart she's in her 50s now um and this happened just a few years ago and you know she she tried as much as she could to bring this guy to justice she wrote all the people that that could be right writable or rotable <laughs> she wrote everybody and you know there was a particular day she went for a she was so close to her sister she calls she calls her sister my aburo child so it was like she literally raised her sister right because the age difference was just wide and she says that she went for a church service and god told her in that worship service that this thing that you are talking about that see leave it and let it go she was like god what do you mean by leave it and let it go all the petitions you are writing put a stop to it now all the hurt and anger you are feeling put a stop to it now and can you please focus on me for a minute can you please stop all this your pity party she's not you know and when she heard that she was like hey god and so that began a very brutal but today she's grateful for that work the work of forgiveness she's not in touch mm. for about two years she couldn't even pronounce the, the uh, sister's husband's name to show how bad it was but it was telling on her health she felt Eesh. you know but she was still that anger was just a, a sweet drive for her whereas it was like a slow poison that was eating deep until god had mercy on now as to kubo she now said when she stood up from that meeting god now began to deal with her in a way that she wouldn't have even imagined that at that point that was the beginning of her finding purpose so what does she do now she has okay her sister's name is Shirley. she has a a an outlet primarily where people come to share their stories of grief of pain of hurt and the congregation is always like an atmosphere of healing basically when because i noticed also 
that the more people speak about things that they're going through, they begin to find space in their hearts for other things. I don't know the magic behind it. They begin yeah, to find yeah. space in their hearts for other things. I see she's like my, I see the improvements in the couple of years that, you know, God has asked her to start that. And in my head, I'm like, hey, Tobio, this thing called offenses. So in one of those programs, in fact, all of those programs, people come to share their stories of what hurt, grief, and you know, pain has done to them. And in the midst of it, all of them say one thing. They say that offense is not the way out. It's a silent poison. I don't, I, in fact, I think that my connection with, her name is Auntie Salt, made me see life in a different perspective. Because, you know, at some point, I was always like, oh, it's my life, it's my life. I didn't care. I would do the things I could, but not share with people. But I realized over time that I now willingly share my experiences with people. Good experiences, not so good experiences. And reading the book, right, do not take that poison, don't take that poison, made me see that these are human beings who that have gone through, I mean, your dad kicking you out of there, publicly dis disowning you, and here you are today, doing all what you are doing. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. So outlets can help. Discussing it can help. But much more than the physical things that everybody would say, I'm sure that people that have truly forgiven have had a personal encounter with God with the Holy Spirit doing a work. Sometimes, because we may feel that I'm supposed to have forgiven this person two years, three years, five years, and they're still holding on to it. It feels like you're forgiving the person, but at the mention of the person's name, there's something in the heart. You know, when Aunt Salt explained all of that, and, you know, she wrote a couple of books that shared her memory, a book that shared the memory of her and her sister. And I could imagine the place where she was at the time of her, of her grief, the time where the offense came to, to where she is right now. Speaking of another story, that, that one was quite a bullshitter. Live example, I have... Yeah, just before you go... Just to mention okay. two things that you said, and I don't want to lose, you know, the, that thread. Um, the first thing is not to bury. Look for if you're a young person out there. Don't just assume that everybody says it. Oh, it happens. It will go. If it matters to you, then it is important. So don't bury. Face it and deal with it. And another thing that you said is to look for outlet you know for people that you can engage with to be able to help you to be able to deal with you know whatever it is that uh, that you have in your, in your heart but one point that i would like to say which i've also seen all it's it's everywhere 
this mindset that if you say if somebody does something to you and it's really that bad, like the case you just uh, uh, cited now, somebody's sister was killed by the husband. I mean, that's gruesome. You know, when you say you are forgiven and you speak well of the person, it's like, are you all right? How can you speak well of that person that was, you know, that killed your, you know, that killed your, 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 your sister? But I think the height of forgive, forgiveness is manifested when you are able to wish to the other person what you want to happen in your life. So if I'm saying that, God, I want you to bless me, and you have truly forgiven the offender, regardless, I am a believer in the truth that there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. According to the Bible, the only sin that cannot be forgiven is slander against the Holy Spirit, and it's only God that can judge that. So as long as we are near on earth, there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. I am not saying that it is easy because somebody slaps you. The pain you are going to feel is going to be different from when somebody kills your junior sister. We are talking about two different things there. But even at that, if we depend on God to help us, there is no sin that cannot be forgiven. Regardless of the depth, there is no offense that cannot be forgiven. So that means that no matter what somebody has done, you can forgive and you can get to a point, you know, in your journey where all you have within your heart is goodwill towards the other person. Whether they are sorry or whether they are not sorry, it is irrelevant. So I think that's one of the things that you've mentioned, you know, that I feel I just need to point out that if a young person that you are out there, you can overcome it, seek for help. If you need to talk, talk. But there is no sin that cannot be. Okay. Your second story. Auntie Toku, but there are so many stories. I don't even know which one to pick. <laughs> I, I honestly don't want... Who's rounding up? I was, I, I was wondering that who sent me to be asking people for their story because I don't really understand it. Um... <laughs> Let me, let me scan through. Okay, so I've, this one is my own story. Okay. She said, I have a friend. Hi. This one's a fresh, she's a fresh song. So. <laughs> so I have a friend. Now this is, I'm sharing this because I want us to know that this offense thing is not, it's not somebody far away that can offend you. It's not somebody in the abroad that can offend you. So I have this friend who I love so much. I really still do love her. And she, somehow, somehow, she, she just became distant. And in my head, I've sent that a WhatsApp message that this babe, I didn't understand. If I didn't look for you, you won't look for me. And you know, I always send her that message and she'll say, um, Toby, I would, I'll come and see you. One month, I'll come and see you. Two months, I'll come and see you. At some point, I just, I didn't see anything again. But if I see her sometimes, I'll be like, where is this girl? I'll send her a message again. And she'll say, I'll come and see you, right? And apparently we have a mutual friend who then told me that she was actually upset about something I said to her. 
and I said I don't wanna. I don't understand this thing. She's the one that is telling me that she will come and see me. She will come and see me, and she doesn't come. Where did the offense enter this matter? And you know, when that my friend told me what what she said I did, I was like, wow, it's not likely that I cannot say this thing. But our level of friendship, in my head, I'm thinking, babe, tell me that you didn't like the thing that you have that I've said to you. And, you know, I expected that she was still going to come. And so about a month ago, I sent her a voice note. I was just having an unrest in my spirit. I sent her a voice note that, babe, what's Why is it that we want to die and cut off our heads? I didn't understand it. And, you know, she sent a message back to say what she was upset about. Wow. And she said one thing that was very profound, which is one of the things I started with. And she said that because she doesn't want to have a reoccurrence of that kind of thing happening to her, she decided to withdraw in order to protect her heart. Right? And my reply was to her was that I totally understand because, I mean, our heart is just very sacred. We need to protect it and guard it. But I didn't feel that not telling me about it was the way to go. Twenty friends can't play for twenty friends can play for twenty years, yes. But there are some people that you feel at least give me benefit of that. Oh, let me have that conversation. That this is so. That means if I didn't reach out to you, you won't tell me that I did anything, and we would have just our friendship would have just watered down like Died. that which is one of the yeah, things yeah. i said um that i wrote down that what is the difference between forgiving someone and freeing the person right and she kept on telling me in the messages that she sent she said i'm forgiving you but i just want to protect my heart but in my head me i know that she just freed me right so there's a thin line so that's one of the beautiful slangs that we say these days that let me just free the person let's free ourselves it's not that you are freeing the person you are holding offense right and so when she told me all of that in all honesty me too i hold her in my chest and i was holding offense against her that for friendship so sake, socially, long. socially distance relationship <laughs> Yes, oh, why can't you come and tell me? And I was keeping, you know, I was just bottling it up. I'll wake up, I'll tell my husband that he says, See, madam, it doesn't concern me, you know. And so, day before yesterday, no, yesterday night, I called her, babe, are you at home? She said, Oh, you want to come and see me? I said, Yes, so I want to come and see you, but unfortunately, she wasn't home. So in my head, I was like, she wants to protect her heart. Me, I really want to protect my heart. I, I can accommodate you, right? I miss you as my friend. I want your friendship back. You may not want my friendship back, but I would make an effort to mend the broken bridges. I mean, after all, I'm the one that offended you. But now, moving beyond that, we need to understand as youth, because that lesson, that experience taught me different things. So, offense is number one. You may 
be somebody that would offend other people. So it's not only you that can be offended. You can also offend people. So what do you do when you, are, when you offend people? Do you reach out or you feel, be like, this person has stopped reaching out to me. I'm not going to say anything to the person. Or you actually make, a, make an effort to find out the root cause, right? When I analyzed these things from that experience, it taught me, um, it made me see things from a different perspective. And I feel that these are things that, we, that happen to us as youths. We go through experiences, we go through outbreaks from friends, from mentors, from bosses, from a whole lot of people. And we do not try to find out what it is that actually happened. Because at the end of the day, it may not be something really major. It may be something you can talk out. But um, sadly, malice, it doesn't used to make somebody to enter heaven. And God forbid that it's malice with my friend. Out of all the sins there are in this world, it's now malice. And to talk about, you can imagine how malice that would now make me yeah. well you know um from what you have said you know um i was asked a question um a short while ago what are the long-term and short-term effects of aberrant offenses and one of the points I, I i i listed is that relationship are lost yeah. when we allow offense to take root we will lose relationships Yes, I, we will lose relationships. Yes, because it's like the offense now becomes like a barrier. It becomes like a barrier between you and the other person. So you can't see each other. You can't hear each other. And of course, and it's not every relationship that breaks down that, that God wants it to break down. No. Most of the time it's because we don't manage our offense is reality. It's part of life. You are going to offend somebody. Somebody is going to offend you. It's just part of life. But it's just now learning how to manage it. And, as, and I think younger people, they have advantage in the sense that you can easily learn, you know, when you see what has happened to other people. I remember several years ago, I'm talking about maybe nearly 20 years ago now, I listened to, I think I mentioned it in the book, um, Pastor George Adegoye, we call him Living Concordance. I was at a meeting where he was the guest minister and he shared his life experience that there was a time he went, he gave his um, clothes to fashion. Those days, they called them tailor. Now we call them fashion designer. And I don't know whether they have, you know, their experts are disappointing at the last minute. So the, 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 the fashion designer disappointed him and he was so upset with the man. Few months after that, he became ill. He went to hospital, took medication, did all kinds of tests, did everything. The doctor said there was nothing wrong with him. For three months, he was nursing that sickness and they could not just identify what was causing it until one day, God told him, you have one forgiveness in your heart against yeah. your fashion designer. Go and meet him, yeah. just what you said. And he went and he got there, spoke to the man, apologized to the man. And as he was holding the man, praying for the man, the power of God fell upon him and he received this healing instantly. Wow. You know that day that I listened to that message, it has never left me. I said, no way. I will not bring myself to any position in life where, you know, I will have so much hatred. It's not just, it, it, it messes things up. And yes, 
bad things happen. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen that sometimes we don't deserve. But just as we give attention to physical wound, when you are wounded physically, we will go to the hospital. We should learn to give attention to our emotional wound as well. Instead of burying them and allowing them to mess up our relationship, just like the example that you have given, the struggle you are having with your friend because of an offense. There are relationships that have been lost. There are businesses that have been affected. Children, and you know, children also pick up all these things. When you grow up in a home where malice is the order of the day, they will grow up thinking that that is the way to resolve conflict. Yes. Just to support what you mentioned earlier, that open, you know, uh, environment. If you, so, when you, you know, if as a young person, you don't start learning how to deal with conflict in a, in a constructive way, you just find out that you pick up habits that might affect your relationship in future. Yes. yes. So, all right, do you have any more things to do so that we can round up? I think we have even exceeded our time now. Oh, wow. Are you there? Okay, so I also, I think that you covered that on forgiveness and one's physical health. I think there's a correlation because out of all the people that, oh, that really? spoke in the event I told, told you about, it's a periodic event. Yeah. Most, in fact, all of them would say that I began to see this, side effect in my body and until i made conscious effort towards forgiving the person it was until then that my healing came and yeah how can you okay so um when reading don't take that poison i a question dropped in my heart and i think that it would be nice to address it ma how can you okay. frustrate purpose on account of unforgiveness so um i feel that if someone as youth so there are times when we may get disappointed by some people that we put our hopes in so much and so mm -hmm. because of that unforgiveness there are some things that we're meant to have done with our lives that we didn't do so using a church scenario as an example now um no using an office scenario as an example your boss tells you something or your colleague tells you something to say um, um please you'll be doing this and this but you don't like the way your your colleague told you and you now begin to keep offenses right that same friend has an NGO that reaches out to children in undeserved communities, which you can easily walk in, right? But because you have an offense towards that person, say the person doesn't know how to talk, the person talks anyhow, you do not key into that plan, right? Which maybe, um subconsciously or in your own little space god has told you that that thing that she's doing be a part of it right but because you are keeping offenses you're like she's our own the only ngo i will look for another ngo and guess what in two three years the ngo becomes so still... structured that you're unable to be a part of it and you are still keeping the anger in your mind 
you on the other hand have moved on from that phase you can no longer have the time to volunteer right so mm. my question is how can you frustrate frustrate purpose on the account of forgiveness that time has passed the person can't go back to do all those things the person has advanced in age the person has gotten more responsibilities but then that part of the person's life has been left you know unfulfilled that's task that god has given the person and i think that it's very important if we're able to address it and how youth can move beyond forgiveness right to key into big the bigger purpose that god has for our lives basically uh, yeah i think sometimes what i think is that sometimes when we talk about the the issue of forgiveness or unforgiveness we tend to lose sight of the bigger picture most okay i'll give example i think i mentioned it in the book let's take for example jesus christ jesus was betrayed by his disciples i mean can you imagine people that stayed with him for three and a half years they slept together they ate they went everywhere they knew he's in and out and at his vulnerable moment they all said sorry oh, we don't know you more i better carry yourself in the room and yes so ah no 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 carry yourself in everybody everybody will bear their own yoke you know and one thing i noticed that jesus did and that was i mean that really melted my heart he just I, he just made me to fall in love with jesus more and more jesus went to look for them he reached out to them he went to meet them by the is it sea of galilee or so where they were trying to catch fish and he prepared breakfast and even when they came and met him if you noticed he did not say when i don't know you people deserted me i expected this i expected this no he did not mention it he just faced peter do you love me more than this do you love me more than this and like why jesus was looking at the bigger picture those were the pillars of the early church jesus was and he was this this same set of people that betrayed jesus were the same people that he used as the so sometimes when we're in the process of handling offenses we forget the bigger picture we forget that there is a tomorrow that god might want to do something in your life and it is this same person that God is going to use to do that thing in your life. And so in process of when people offend us, don't just think about now. Think about this thing that they have done. You know, most of the time, our perception, the way we interpret life, our unmet expectation, colors the way we, you know, we judge situation. But once you are offended, deal with it in a way to build relationship not to destroy seek to build seek to you know when peter was when paul was writing to the i think to the romans to the to in the book of romans i think so if i'm right it mentioned two women there were deacons in church deaconesses in church and were variants with each other and he advised he said try to bring these women together in the process of you know handling your offense always have we can always have the mindset that i want to build i want to build 
if the other party now decides that I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore, let it be from them. Let it not be from you. You know, what, of, what uh, forgiveness does is that forgiveness creates a bridge to give room for possible reconciliation. It does, it's not in all cases that reconciliation might happen. However, forgiveness creates an enabling environment for reconciliation to happen if it happens you know so we should learn to just consider the bigger picture it's not just all about now 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 i invited you to a party you did not come you went to the other person's party five years from now would that matter it will not yeah, matter so, auntie, auntie, auntie matters because there are people that are still upset with me that i didn't invite them for my wedding <laughs> you know that <laughs> And they're not talking to me. Yeah, you know, you know, not talking to me. You know, there's one thing I've learned about unforgiveness, bitterness, and all those things. You know, the Bible says we should guard our heart with all diligence. It is only your heart you are responsible for. You are not responsible for other people's heart. When we try to control what happens in other people's heart, then that is witchcraft. That's manipulation. We are to guard our own heart. What am I to guard? I'm responsible. It's like my heart is like a garden. I can plant any kind of seed that I want. My own garden. And water it and see it grow. Now, I am responsible for Sorry, the kind of seed. Sorry, I, see, yeah? I see that people are leaving comments on the video, I, the, the one I hosted. So please, if you want to drop a comment, please come back to the live Come back to the live video so that we can see the comments here, please. Sorry to cut you off. Okay. All right. So, I am responsible for the kind of seed I plant, you know, in the garden of my own heart. Not responsible for the other person. So, when we are talking about forgiveness, it's what is within your control. You are not in control of how the other person will respond. So, sometimes, you might reach out, you know, in forgiveness to the other person and they might not reciprocate. It does not matter. What matters is that you have dealt with the issue from your own end. Whether their mind is free towards you or not, it is their own responsibility, not your own. You know, I only say that, you know, sometimes when you talk about the issue of forgiveness, people think, oh, I don't want to do, I have anything to do with that person anymore. Like you mentioned earlier, I don't want to do, I forgive you, no. Know, but I don't want to have anything to do with that anymore. Because we forget that there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. If somebody offends you, regardless of the offense, and you have forgiven the person, you still need to go through the process to bring reconciliation. And reconciliation happens, you know, like the steps you are taking regarding the example you gave. There is conviction, there is repentance, and there is change. So, your friend offends you, both of you have hurt each other, you talk about it. You say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. What are you doing? There's acknowledgement of the offense. There is repentance. Everybody acknowledging their own part in the issue. And then from there, you can move on. So if you forgive somebody and they are not sorry, they are not ready to change their ways, they just want to behave as if nothing has happened, then you are responsible for the effect you allow, you know, how you allow them to come into your heart. 
you are a soul. We need to make that difference. That there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I'm forgiving you, but if you are the person that you don't respect people, you have no regard for anybody, you treat people anyhow, please, wisdom requires that I guard my heart and I put boundaries in place that you don't come and dump those things in my life again. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. So, but we should always have the bigger picture. Bigger picture, bigger picture. It will help us to know how to manage our offenses. I can't read Auntie, any comments. I, think I, also, I also think that, so in a bid, in the bid, in a bid to reconcile, see this thing, this sometimes, this doesn't used to enter my mouth well. Ah, in English, that's <laughs> <laughs> there are times when we may we may say that okay i've reconciled with you but let's just go our separate ways now a typical example boyfriend and girlfriend relationship you know that this guy i'm doing strong in the relationship same with girlfriend please before you guys tell me that it's only guys that used to that it's only guys we make examples of so it's vice versa, please. It's because I'm again I'm using board. Thank you and God bless you. Um so this guy <laughs> Yeah, speaking to does, your people. <laughs> yes, I'm speaking to them. They will not come inside my DM. I've been looking for what I what did not lost. Eh, please. Um, so a guy breaks a lady's heart, abuses the lady, does a lot of really bad things to the lady, you know, and truly, truly, the girl has forgiven. She has reconciled, but she says that it's okay. Let's let's be going our separate ways. Now, the way I see this explanation of reconciliation, does it mean that you still have to be in touch with the person, or you just have to let the person know that see, I'm forgiving you and we're good, but I mean, let's just go separately. So I think if we're able to clear out the terms because i know that there are some cases that that, that are grievous and there are some that are not as grievous so i think the honors of reconciliation and conversing no, reconciliation yes but i'm actually thinking that there are some cases that it didn't need to reconcile and to the, the, understand the what i'm saying that I, I understand I said there's difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Reconciliation, to me, can only be premised on three factors. Number one, conviction. Number two, repentance. Number three, transformation. And I think that's where your point comes in. Yeah, you forgive somebody. If somebody is abusing you, forgive them. Give room for reconciliation. But please, if there's no transformation, don't go back into the abuse. So, you, you, know, the, the, you know, conviction. If a relationship breaks down or you are having problems with your friend, you have to be able to identify what are the things that are causing it. Then each party accepts responsibility. Each party accepts responsibility. That is the conviction part. You realize the errors of your ways and you say, oh, I'm sorry, I did not know. The repentance is when we apologize, we ask each other to forgive us. The third part is to now observe that forgiveness that you have asked. Can we see it in your character that you have really changed? Can we see it in your character? If I borrow you money, 
and you refuse to return my money. You do it first time, second time. The third time, I will not borrow your money. It's not because I've not forgiven you. It's because I've not I've seen that in your character, you have not changed. You have not changed. So reconciliation is premised on three factors. Repent, mm. conviction, repentance, and transformation. The fact that I've forgiven you does not make me stupid. Forgiveness is not stupidity. Oh. No, 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 no. I'm releasing the pain. I am letting you go. I'm saying that I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to say that God should cut a, a dog to bite you when you are going out. I'm not going to say that the front tire of your car should come out on emotion because I want you to suffer pain for what you have done. I'm just letting you go. It's not between you and God to face the consequences of what you have done. But whether I'm going to allow you back into my life, it's not automatic. It's premised on what were the things that caused relationship to break down in yes, the first place. Have we visited them? Have we dealt them? Do you know where you are wrong? Have I acknowledged where I've made mistake? If those things are not there, then there's no basis for reconciliation. Exactly. And these things that I mentioned, if you notice, they were already present in the life of the disciples. They were already convicted. The Bible says that Peter cried bitterly. That means that he was already broken by what he did. So when Jesus reached out to him, Jesus reached out to a broken man. Jesus reached out to a man that was already sorry for what he had done and was looking for a way to, you know, to get back, to, to be restored back to, uh, to, 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 uh, to, to his savior. So it's not the same. That, okay, because you are forgiven, how come can we not continue? Ah, exactly. If I tell you it's my life issue and you make it, it becomes CNN. I will be foolish to keep telling you my life issues now. So it's just to be able to balance it, that there is the other side of it. Forgiveness is one side, but with reconciliation, it comes with responsibility of conviction, repentance, and transformation. And if those things are not there, I forgive you, we can have a cordial relationship, but we might not have the kind of relationship we used to have before. Because you are not even sorry. You have not even acknowledged that you have done anything wrong. So there's no basis for reconciliation. So I think being able to separate that, we set people free. Because sometimes the other side of offense and forgiveness is that sometimes we use it as a weapon to yes. oppress people, to intimidate people, to exactly. make people feel bad that they, know, that they cannot own their decision. I have forgiven you. But if, if, your, if your character has not changed, then what am I coming back into? Yes, because so I, I hear some people say that, some that. guys will tell them that, uh-uh, what are they preaching in your church? Don't, doesn't your Bible say you should forgive? Forgive me, Joe. Let's go on. The guy will do the same thing again. The, the guy will still be the one to say, forgive me now. Uh-uh, what do your Bible say? He will do the same thing again. And in my head, I'm like, yes, we should forgive, but... We should be having sin sometimes because I didn't understand it. So, Even yes, Jesus, so I if think you, that's yeah, that really, if you really look at the life of Jesus, yes, when he decided to take the disciples back, you know, it was in grace before he really before the ministry blew up. You say, you say, ah, the ministry expanded. The first thing he told them, he said, stay in Jerusalem until you are in due from power from all night, oh, nice. then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, number one, in Samaria, and then in Judea, and then uttermost part of the earth. So when they came back to Jesus, they started, first of all, by staying in the upper room. 
and waiting to be endued from power from honor. After that, they started their missionary work in Jerusalem. And gradually, the, the work started expanding until it got to the time of Stephen, when they started having problems in church, they ordained deacons, and from there, uh, minister Stephen preached a fire and brimstone sermon that got him killed. And through that persecution, the church just exploded and they went to other parts of the world. But you can see that it was in stages. It was not, everything did not happen just like that. It was in stage, yeah. okay, you have repented. You are back. You want me to take you back. It's okay. I trust you. But let's take it in stages. And that's how like reconciliation is. If you have broken somebody's trust, it's not auto. It's not, it's not auto. You have to, your character has to show that you can be trusted. Exactly. Your character has to show that you can be trusted. So that's why we need to separate it. That the fact that I don't trust you doesn't mean I've not forgiven you, but maybe your character is showing that you should not even be trusted in the first place. But I'm not all using what has happened between us against you. But the character I'm seeing now is showing somebody that cannot be trusted. So I think with that, we give people room for them to be able to decide. decide. You know, let me go through my process of reconciliation. Yes. Ooh, I think we've exceeded our time. Thank you so, 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 so much. I'm very sure your youth will be very happy. Because you have spoken their language. <laughs> you have spoken their language. Thank you so much. As we round up. Yeah. Okay. Can I exit you now? Yes. Is that okay? Or can you do it from your end? Yes, I can. Mom. Can you do it from your end? Okay. Yes, All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Oh. That was good. The purpose of that was just to be able to talk to uh, somebody that will be able to share, you know, um, their thought from the youth's perspective. In closing tonight, I would just like to read something from my book here. It says, don't take that poison. Uh, the book is available on Amazon and you can also get it as an e-book and audio book on my website as well. It says, ponder on this. As this path, as it paid us, what have we achieved? We played with it. We danced with it. We nurtured it. We shared it with others. Yes, it was like pouring water into a bottomless pit. What dividend have we received from this trade? What joy has it brought into our lives and our offspring? We promoted it through endless advertisement. We shouted aloud on rooftops. Yet, all it brought was deeper wounds, more brokenness, more discomfort, and more sorrow. Our chosen path has kept us away from unending joy, peace, and rest. It is time to go back. It is time to follow the path that is filled with what our heart has always longed for. We were created for more than this. We were not meant to hate, to dislike, to be embittered. We were meant to be an epitome of his love. Our heart was created for him and him alone. We were created to be ease 
above all else, to be an extension of his nature and character. It is time we answer to who we really are. It is time we live up to our real name. It is not our nature to eat. It is not our nature as God's children that have the life of God in them, the nature of God in us, we are our genetic makeup as God's children. We are, is, is to love, is to love the unlovable, is to forgive people. It is that is the language of the kingdom. The language of the kingdom is forgiveness. The language of the kingdom is mercy. The language of the kingdom is to be tender towards one another. Hardness of heart towards another human being. It's not the nature of God. God wants us to be an epitome of his love. So I'm asking, I'm pleading, I'm pleading, I'm begging, I'm asking everyone out there, whoever, whosoever it is that has offended you, that you have so much pain in your heart towards them. Ask God to help you. Release them in unforgiveness. The price we pay for unforgiveness is too much. The time we waste, the resources, the destiny that are tampered with, the life that are short-changed through bitterness and unforgiveness, it is not worth it. It's time for us to say no to the enemy. It is time for us to frustrate the agenda of the enemy that is weakening the fabrics of the society through hatred and bitterness and embrace the heart of love. It is our nature. The nature of God in us is the nature of love. And it is time for us to extend that love. And God is there. He's more than willing to help us. If we ask him, he's more than willing to help us. And I pray that if you are out there, regardless of the depth of the pain, I pray today that the God of heaven and I, that helped me with my life, the God of heaven and I, that took the broken pieces of my life and put it together. We reach out to you, regardless of the depth of the pain of the wound, and heal you, put your life back again, and cause you to smile again. So thank you very much for being part of the program. I will be back last week for the final one. See you next week. Bye.